and welcome to Creative Lives, the Lecture in Progress podcast. Lecture in Progress is an online resource that inspires and informs the next generation of talent by providing practical advice and insight into the creative industry. This podcast series features a broad range of people talking about what they do and how they got to where they are. This week we go behind the camera and into the world of broadcasting to find out what it's like to work in big TV studios with our guest, Jan Genesis. Hi, I'm Jan Genesis. I am a multi-camera director. Over the past few years, Jan has worked with companies including Channel 4, Sky, BBC and ITV on programmes ranging from reality chat and game shows to news and sports coverage. His work can go from being fully studio-bound to sets on location, with one of his most recent jobs including the Mallorca-based reality TV sensation Love Island. I'm a freelancer. I have a limited company, so I essentially subcontract or work for multiple companies kind of built up from doing it very much a news background to then a sports news to sports news slash reality entertainment and now it's predominantly entertainment and reality kind of stuff with a little bit of sport in there as well jan's working journey began a decade ago shortly after graduating from the university of hertfordshire with a degree in media technology and digital broadcast i started off as a staff director so I guess when I left university, I was a broadcast operations intern. I worked for Bloomberg. When I first started as a director, it was 2008. First job as a director, of course, and I was very much getting to grips with what a director did and what all my roles involved. And um, it was quite useful to kind of work in what, what was a stable environment. I'd have my set show, six to eight, countdown every day, two presenters, and we'd have set format for the show. I'd have a consistency for me, which was a great place to start. I knew who I was working with every day. You start to build up a rapport and then sometimes you'd fill in on other shows, but you're working in an environment that you're familiar with. But starting out, it was a really good place to start, but you had a lot of challenges. You had to deal with incoming feeds, presenters, guest and you had opportunities to be creative with it we had tools kind of plasma screens and kind of like led lit floors and glass walls various different toys that we can play with and try and make the show creative after two or three years in doing in doing that and doing various other shows within the company i found myself in a situation where i really enjoyed the job really enjoyed what i was doing the content that i was working on had minimal interest in but i was quite happy getting up at three o'clock in the morning or two o'clock in the morning to come into work and direct a show on something that I had no interest in, in terms of the content. But I still had the same passion and, and desire for the show to look amazing, even though I didn't really care too much about what they were talking about. So in my head, it was a case where if I could get in a scenario where I love the content and I love what I'm doing, then I've got a dream job. So I always thought about moving on and wonder where I should leave. Because again, I was in a stable situation. I've got a regular income coming in. And then it was a case where, when should I leave? Oh, maybe next year, maybe next year. But in 2013, Jan found himself jobless after being made redundant and decided to go freelance. With seven years' professional experience, you might presume it was easy to find work, but he admits it was a real struggle. In the outside world, nobody knew who I was. So although I'd worked there for seven and a half years and I'd, I'd done a lot of complicated shows and various different things, no one knew who I was. And it was a case of sending CVRs and doors getting closed, doors getting slammed, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of emails People not even responding. And for me, I, I just didn't understand it. I was kind of 27 when I left Bloomberg or 28. I thought I had quite a lot going. I thought I had quite a lot to offer. And then I started looking at, okay, maybe I need to go for a position down. And I started applying for vision mixing roles. And even then, I wasn't getting replies or responses or anything like that. And it was kind of two months into it. And I remember I had to sign on to the job centre. I went to the job centre twice. I just thought, I can't do this. I'm going to set up my own business. 
I don't know how I'm going to do it. If I need to invest in a camera and then go and get plumbers or call promos for them and make a little cut or go to a gym and film an amateur boxer and get a little £50 from him, whatever. But I'm not being unemployed. I just can't do it. And then I gave myself until the end of April. And this was, this was in April. We were in April now. So I've been unemployed for two months. I think it was April the 29th. And I got a message from one of my um, previous managers. And he got back to me literally the end of April saying, I'll, I'll, I'll put you in contact with um, Sky Sports. And he managed to put me in contact. And then I managed to get my first freelance kind of contract from there. A couple of weeks later, one of the directors who I'd worked with at Bloomberg, actually, industry director had come in to do some freelancing and some consulting at Bloomberg, contacted me saying, we're a reality director short for Big Brother this year. Are you available? All of a sudden, I had two contracts. And that Big Brother contract was a 12-week contract. And Sky was, was going to be like a rolling 12-month contract. So my first year, I had two clients and I, I managed to get through that first year with just two clients. And the second year, they called me back for Big Brother. So I'd done Big Brother, Celebrity Big Brother. And then one of the producers from Big Brother kind of like put me forward for Love Island, the first series in 2015. And that's kind of how it worked. A lot of it in this industry is on recommendation and it goes from there. And that's essentially how my career's kind of, kind of worked and progressed. Next, we asked Jan if he feels like the industry and access points to starting out have changed since he was graduating. I think it's as good a time as any to be starting in TV or as an industry. With regard to TV programmes, budgets are getting tighter. Companies, production companies want more for less a lot of the time. There are a lot more people in industry and I guess technically a lot less jobs as a result. However, we have a new platform. Well, it's not even a new platform, but a platform that's taken off, which is online. And online, online is getting a lot more credibility. Um, you, you kind of like 20, 30 years ago, you'd have channels one, two, three, four. If your show wasn't on those channels, it wasn't on TV. And now we have a multitude of digital channels. Online is now a platform that is now being really taken seriously. We've got kind of Amazon, we've got kind of Netflix that are buying that are concepts and, and shows. And, and now, now shows aren't just being made in the UK. Shows are being made all over the world for the UK. And I guess because there are so many new shows, it's, it's so competitive now. To get something to air is so competitive. Companies want new ideas. People want people with fresh ideas. How can we do something different to what's been done before? Something creative, what's gonna, what's gonna work? How's this all gonna come together? And that's where, for me, that's where young people can make a real difference. For me, that's why I'm a big, big advocate for, for diverse kind of crews and, and production where you've got young, old, you've got ladies, but you've got a mixture of everybody in there and everybody can add their little bit in. And that's, for me, that's generally where you can come up with unique and, and different ideas that work well. If you ask every director how they started, everyone's going to tell you a different story. There is no blueprint. There is no set format. However, I do feel that there are certain things you can do that, that will certainly help. So for me, the first thing you need to do is actually learn what the industry is about. What are the other roles within the industry? Because the director is responsible for directing lighting, sound, graphics, cameras, working with producers, working with APs. So you need to have an understanding of what everybody's doing. Otherwise, your job is going to be very, very difficult. And I think it's going to be difficult for other people to respect you as well if you don't understand and respect what they're doing. There is that balance between whether you go down that route that I went or you go down what's more the traditional broadcast route of starting as a runner, starting at the very bottom. Part of me thinks that if I'd started as a runner, financially I would have been worse off to start with because as an intern, I had a steady, steady, steady runners are generally freelance 
So you go from one job to the next, one job to the next, then they're not well paid. And a lot of the roles aren't glamorous. You're making teas, you're making coffees, but you're in the mix and you are in the mix of some of the biggest shows. That runner has access to pretty much everybody in that production. You're providing a service for everybody, whether you're making them teas, whether you're getting them printouts, whether you're getting creating something, you're, and you're building a relationship with people from all different departments. And you've got an opportunity to kind of, you could say, do you mind if I kind of just sit down and have a, have a watch? People in, in TV generally enjoy talking about what they do. I can't speak for everybody, but a lot of people are happy to, if you pick the right moment, the right time, to answer your questions and to even show you a little bit, bit of what you do. And sometimes, even if you're at the right time, you might even get to have a little go at it. I think it's not a real black and white, this is how you do it, this is the route. But for me, a lot of it is being keen. A lot of it is not being afraid to ask the question. You've always got to remember the worst that someone can say is no. But for me, just getting that foot in first and getting some experience on, on generally whatever role it is, but being in that mix, primary goal. Jen also reflects on what it was like when he was starting out and the pros and cons of his work. So as a, as a director, there were pros and cons. At Bloomberg, I'd have to wake up at two in the morning and I did that every day, Monday to Friday, every day of the week for at least a couple of years. And then when that improved, it was me getting up at three in the morning, not two. And, and that was the nature of it. Now that wouldn't work for me now, but I was happy to do it at the time. So it, it's not necessarily for everybody, but in TV... That is the thing that we have to recognise and we have to always remember. If you turn your TV on, you're always going to see something on. TV's happening all the time. Christmas Day, there's something on. As much as it can look glamorous, and that's part of our job to the viewer, make it look glamorous, make it look amazing and as good as we can, the actual nature of it isn't anywhere near as glamorous as, as, it, as it seems. People have asked me when I do, I'm saying, oh, do you stay in that Versace hotel as well? No, we don't stay in that. Talent stay in there. We don't stay there. We don't get me wrong. We stay in. We stay in reasonable. We stay in good accommodation. It's not bad at all. It's not. It's quite nice. But we don't stay in kind of plush accommodation on any jobs because we're crew. We're there to do a job. Fortunately, I've not had that in scenario. I've had to stay somewhere particularly bad. But a lot of the time, you, you work unsociable hours. You might have to stay wherever you can. Sometimes you might have to share with somebody, depending on what role you're doing and where you are in your career, or what the job is, or what's available. And you have to be able to just be prepared to get it in the can and do what's necessary to get it done and kind of rest after. It's not for everyone. I'll say that. It isn't for everybody. And, and sometimes you, you've got to experience it to an extent or certainly have a good think about it before you, before you kind of make the decision that that's really what you want to be on. Um, as I say, there are some really nice sides. Um, sometimes you do, like again, the satisfaction of actually going through the hard work, putting a show together and you're seeing it on TV and you're seeing, wow, this many thousand or a million people are watching it and tweeting and writing about it and loving what we're doing. All that hard work's worth it and people are really enjoying our stuff. It's really good. So it's kind of, there are so many different elements to TV that, and, and, and this industry that, that, that come into play. And it's not all kind of roses. It's kind of, there is definitely two sides to it. And lastly, Jan emphasises the need to drop the ego when you're at the beginning and become resilient in the face of rejection. In my experience, and in TV, you have to be thick-skinned. And for me, you've got to, sometimes you've just got to say to yourself, what's the worst that can happen? What's the worst that can happen? Now, for me, when, when I started and, and I used to email people, I would kind of go on their websites and try and look for the, the HR department or the contact page or I'd try. It wasn't until I started looking more specifically at who I should be messaging that I started to get some success. And I would encourage people to do the same. Now, sometimes it is going to be annoying. There is an element. You have to be prepared to be that person a little bit to get somewhere. If you're always going to be worried about knowing someone or getting somewhere, you probably not going to get too far. 
you have to be prepared to kind of think, right, this is what I want to do. Who do I need to talk to? And some of it is looking at the credits. The credits are there. You can see who does what role. You need to think about who the right person to contact is. For me, if you're going to contact the director on the top show, you might not get a response. You just might not. Because that director has probably got hundreds of people emailing him or, or her asking about, oh, hi, I'm, I'm an intern. I want this and I want opportunities here. You also need to think about what you're saying and what is what you're going to email. Want to even respond to you, let alone respond positively. So do a bit of research. Look at who you're contacting. Look at what the company do. Know what kind of programs they do. Is that the kind of program you're interested in? Do you have kind of ideas similar to that? Do you have ideas that you might be able to add to that? Now, I'm not saying to go in and dive in and start throwing your ideas in straight away because producers won't always appreciate that. But go in and if you get an opportunity, listen. Listen, and then and there might be opportunities to add, add your ideas. And, and it's just about taking that opportunity when it comes. This episode of Creative Lives was brought to you by Lecture in Progress. It was presented by me, Indy Davis, and the guest was Jan Genesis. The editor was Ivor Manley. Lecture in Progress is made possible with the support of a number of brand patrons. They include us two, Jeff Smith, and the Paul Smith Foundation. For more information, check out lectureinprogress.com.